in Acts 2. Okay, so uh, last week uh, when we discussed chapter one, we examined the mental condition or mind st uh, state of mind of the first uh, disciples and their first followers, 120 people. Uh, they experienced tremendous uh, ups and downs in their lives. Uh, as they followed Jesus, they were very, very excited because they saw something new in life. And they saw that life was much bigger than they thought. And also, but at the same time, as they experienced this, uh, uh, the big dimension of life, they also started expecting that this uh, Messiah would deliver them from uh, the Roman control. So they could have, uh, they wonder whether they could have now autonomy with the power of the man who had this kind of miraculous power and miraculous teaching. So they were uh, really, uh, they had this uh, great expectation and hope. But Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, they, their hopes and uh, dreams were disillusioned and then uh, evaporated. Uh, they were quite confused. Uh, we thought that this Messiah would do something more than they uh, expected, but somehow that uh, it ended at uh, the cross with the death of Jesus. Uh, so, but after uh, three days, they experienced another miraculous power. This time, it is something that they never, never expected before. And that miraculous power was the resurrection. They experienced this uh, wonderful miracle and their disillusioned dream, uh, the, 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 the disillusioned dream came alive. That's why in chapter one of Acts, they uh, asked this question, uh, would the kingdom of Israel be restored when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus said, Holy Spirit will come to you and you will receive power. And then immediately they connected that with the restoration of Israel, not restoration of the kingdom of God, but the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. So they still have this. So this, this uh, man now is like a Superman who died and came alive. This resurrected man was like a Superman. And so with this man, uh, with this Messiah, they hoped that uh, the Israel might be restored. But soon uh, this uh, Messiah uh, was ascended into heaven. And they just uh, were totally kind of perplexed. So they just looked up the sky, what is going on? What does this mean? So they looked up the sky and then two, two uh, uh, men with white, uh, two people with white clothes uh, who appeared to Jesus uh, uh, at Jesus' tomb, same uh, uh, kind of figures. Uh, they told them, why do you look up to the sky? Uh, why do you 
kind of uh, why have you lost your mind just looking up the uh, looking up the sky so they were kind of uh, again a little bit uh, disillusioned so they experienced something huge in life and they didn't know what to figure what to think of it it was hard for them to figure out this is before uh, St. Paul came up uh, about. St. Paul comes out in uh, chapter nine of Acts. But before St. Paul came out, uh, I mean, St. Paul generally uh, summarized and then also articulated what Jesus meant, uh, death and resurrection and forgiveness of sins and uh, the, you know, the power of sin and uh, reconciliation and righteousness and law and faith, all these things St. Paul kind of articulated and uh, taught them uh, systematically, but the early followers or early Christians did not have all those understanding. They just experienced something wonderful, uh, uh, but they didn't understand what that meant. So that was the first chapter. And the, when it came to second chapter, but uh, even though they were really confused, they didn't know what to think of it. One thing they did, that was they waited and prayed. That's what they did. They waited and prayed, but they didn't just pray casually, earnestly with the yearning desire. They prayed. They didn't know exactly what to expect, but they waited and prayed with yearning desire. And chapter two is about God fulfilling their yearning desire. The Holy Spirit, by sending the Holy Spirit, their prayer was answered. Their yearning desire was fulfilled. That's chapter two. And then we see this dramatic event, wonderful event uh, in chapter two. But I want, uh, Simon, do you think the one group is too big or too, uh, it's okay? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, I think one group is okay, actually. Uh, okay. We can try So yeah. we won't divide the group uh, today, but Simon will lead uh, you the, the discussion so that you can uh, really uh, try to understand uh, the question. Uh, so, if, if, uh, when you look at the, this event, uh, you have to understand the difference between phenomena and the essence. Sometimes we get confused with phenomena and essence. When you are confused with phenomena and essence, you can, you may go after wrong thing. Phenomena is not something to be repeated. It is just, it just happened. For example, what happened on Pentecost did not, it was not repeated in Acts when you look at it. It's just only one incident. It didn't happen again. That's a phenomena. But the essence of the spirit continued. 
So I want you to discuss between uh, the phenomena and essence. Phenomena can be very different, but the essence uh, doesn't change. So three phenomena or three symbols, images that you can see in today's passage. One is wind, but it's, it wasn't really the wind, it's a sound of the wind. Wind didn't blow, it is a sound of the wind. But important thing is the wind. The Holy Spirit, the coming down of the Holy Spirit was compared with like wind. But this word wind is a very interesting word. It has three meanings. It means word, it means breath, and it means the spirit. Same word, but three meanings, both in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, like ruah, spiritus, or pneuma. This, this word has three different meanings. So somehow, the spirit, uh, the, the Holy Spirit came down like the wind. But interesting thing is our Lord Jesus also used the image of wind. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, Jesus said that you have to be born again. And then this is what he said. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So he uses the image of wind. So when you look at Jesus' usage of wind uh, to Nicodemus, what is nature of the spirit? And I want you to discuss that. The second is fire. Second imagery that we see is fire. Divided tongues as a fire. Fire and it is passion, motivation, vision. So when you receive the spirit that you're not just uh, sitting there you receive the enthusiasm, you receive passion, you live your life with passion now. And then that fire is what uh, made the early Christians uh, penetrate through the challenges. Think about it, these are Jews. But these Jews received new message that you don't need to do circumcision. You don't need to eat, uh, I mean, you don't need to follow dietary rules and uh, you don't need to keep the Sabbath. I, all these things, uh, this three distinctive marks of what 
Jewish mean, uh, meant. And they denied all that. So they were rejected by the Jews. And then these are small sect. And then they were against this huge uh, Greek philosophy and Roman politics and uh, the military power. Somehow this small group survived. And that miracle of survival was because of the spirit. Spirit came down upon them like the fire and they received this passion they lived through it. And third one is language. They spoke different dialects, different languages, but they all understood. So what language does is to make you understand. Language brings understanding. Like a spirit, when spirit comes, there is understanding. So they started understanding Jesus' message. Kerygma is a proclamation. And that charismatic event happened. They started understanding the message of Jesus. And when it's not, but not unanimously, everybody understood. There were some people who thought that they were all drunk because they spoke different languages, I don't know, uh, or they heard the different uh, things. So they thought that they were drunk. That's when Peter uh, stood up. We didn't read it, but uh, Peter stood up and started explaining about what's happening. And I want you to discuss this matter. One is event that is happening. So Holy Spirit event happened. But what is more important is not just the event. It is interpretation of what is happening. And that's what Peter did. He interpreted what was happening using Joel, who is Old Testament prophet. And at least I can see three things. One, what happened is not just accidentally happened. It was in God's plan. That's what Peter is saying. It was in God's plan. Things that happen in your life is in God's plan. And two, God's promise was fulfilled. It is what was foretold long time ago through the Joel prophet. So his promise that he gave to Joel was fulfilled. And third thing that I can see is that what's happening is happened in the context of flow. God's movement is a flow. It started from Abraham and continuously flowed and then that flow continues even now. So it is a huge stream of flow of God's movement.
That's what Peter is explaining. So Peter received the spirit and he had received this uh, gift of understanding. So he started to interpret what was going on. They were not drunk, he's saying. They, uh, uh, and then they, he used a, a Job prophet and then uh, uh, talked to them. So in your life too, what happens to you is not as important as what that means. You need to learn how to interpret what's happening in your life. If Peter did not know Job prophet, he would not have uh, been able to uh, interpret what was going on, but he knew Job prophet. If you don't know the scripture, how can you interpret your life? So what's happening in your life is very, uh, is important, but understanding of it is more important. The interpretation of what's happening in your life is more important. So I want you to discuss uh, on that matter too. So I'll give you uh, right now is a, uh, uh, eight o'clock, uh, eight twenty. Is that okay? You have about twenty-five minutes. Is it good enough, right? So you don't monopolize period. That thinking that you are the only one who has a spirit. The spirit that is within you. Is also the spirit that is with another believer. Mm. So we need to listen to each other. Yeah. Rather so than, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutizing your own understanding. But mm. the timing is so different too. So, 지금 내가 보는 게, or the person right now, it, yeah. it's not static. It's it's a flow. So that in a in a in a in in God's term. Right? Yeah. It's a it's it's totally different thing. What I see is very different from what God sees, I guess. Yeah. So in that in that way, I don't really mm, try not to judge people. Yeah. Where where they're at. Yeah. You you start seeing things from the uh, where uh, God is, rather than from your own perspective. So you enter into the God's mind, you enter into God's world, you enter into God's spirit, and you start seeing things uh, differently. Mm. That's good. I was thinking that maybe event is, your, like we were saying, reaction, like why is this happening to me or how did this happen? Your focus on that, but I like the word promise. So I think faith is believing what God has promised. So you interpret the things that have happened through what God has promised, I think. Mm. So mm. that then I think that will help you understand or get to the meaning. Mm. God has promised this. So how do I interpret what has happened? Yeah. That, that is faith when you prom you believe in God's promise, so you see everything in through the eyes of God's promise. Yeah. He never fails. So, That's right. 
that will help instead of being stuck. Why is this happening? How did this happen? You know, yeah. Get to the spot or mm -hmm. so see it. God yeah. Please tell God what you promised God. <laughs> I mean, so what you said. Yeah. I mean, when you read uh, Peter's sermon, uh, the focus is on the cross and resurrection, right? The central message is cross and resurrection. But cross used to be a symbol of curse. And when cross happened, everybody said, why this thing happened? And then they looked at it as a negative thing, bad thing. But Peter is interpreting as the uh, fulfillment of the promise rather than uh, the, uh, the, the curse. So cross can be a very, very bad thing because the good man died on the cross. That could be a very, very bad thing. But Peter is not interpreting as a bad thing. Now Peter is interpreting as promise being fulfilled. Mm. Without the cross, the uh, coming of the spirit would not have been possible. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's a very positive message. And this is why I'm also, I mean, uh, you mentioned Peter, uh, he, uh, he, he took scripture to reinterpret uh, what was happening. And I think, um, so someone said, if we only experience the event and that's it, then it's almost like we live in the story of only that event. And it's yeah. only through that event that we will interpret our life, you know? Mm -hmm. But this is why I think resources like scripture we need because scripture is full of other stories, right? Mm -hmm. So we interpret our life through a different story, uh, right? Yeah. And um, so even like the story of the cross now, if that's powerful, uh, what was once seen as the absolute curse, if that can be now reinterpreted as fulfillment of promise, then this event in my life that seems so dark can be, there's hope that it can be reinterpreted in a more promising way. Yeah. If we I mean, observe that story of the cross, sorry, yeah? That's right, yeah. I mean, that's so true of Peter's message, right? So Peter could uh, fall into his own self-pity and guilt mm. because he denied Jesus three times. So he could have said, well, what kind of man uh, that I am? I can never follow Jesus. You know, I'm a, a weak and a, a betrayer and then I'm a traitor. And then he could live all, um, I mean, he could say all he wanted about his own self-pity and guilt. But he turned that into repentance. And then he boldly proclaimed, boldly claimed uh, the truth. So... Uh, I think, uh, I mean, the, uh, verse 38, when you look at it, that Peter is uh, saying that, right? Uh, verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So almost like he's speaking about himself. That he repented and he received the gift of spirit. So gift of spirit, he looked at uh, what is happening right now uh, with uh, connection with uh, his spirit, mm -hmm. it, it, with his uh, repentance, I mean, right? Yeah, that's the insight that Linda brought up. 
very sharp. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's amazing insight. Uh, uh, that is, uh, I mean, so we cannot just speak in a uh, vacuum. So we can see Peter, what Peter did here before in his uh, message, right? Mm. And so in a way, what you're saying, his own, uh, uh, what, so the event he experienced of like his failure and denial, yeah. Um, yeah. it became reinterpreted uh, and he, he received the gift of the spirit himself. And then that yeah. almost became his kerygma proclamation. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's what's happening right now. Mm. Peter is fully restored. When he, when he received the spirit, he looked at his event retrospectively. I mean, Yonu said, when I looked at uh, my life, uh, I could interpret it differently, depending on how much understanding you had, right? So we always, and then as Hejong said, uh, we always interpret our life in the context of the promise being fulfilled. That's Christian way of looking at our life. When he received the spirit, he looked back his life and then he saw the power of repentance. And when you look at your life too, a lot of good things and bad things might have happened, but in the end, that's, a, that's eschatological understanding, apocalyptic understanding of your life. At the end, uh, God's promise will be fulfilled. And with that, we look at our life. So even though a lot of bad things are happening, ultimately God will bring out his uh, own will. He will fulfill his will. That we believe. So we never lose hope in his, any situation. And the spirit gives us that kind of confidence. I mean, what we are talking about is the essence. It is what the Holy Spirit does. It gives the message. So if you're, if you're wondering, oh my goodness, uh, I never heard the uh, sound of the wind. Uh, did I receive the spirit? Or I, didn't, I never saw tongues of fire coming down. Did I receive the spirit? I never saw different languages uh, being understood uh, like that. Did I receive the Holy Spirit? If you doubt, start doubting about the spirit by phenomena that's happening, then you're uh, digging into the wrong direction. That's what happened uh, uh, at Vaughn Church, uh, some people I went to this crusade and uh, half of them received the gift of tongue and half of them didn't receive the gift of tongue. When they came back, there was a big confusion. Why didn't I receive the gift of tongue? Am I not good enough? Am I not spiritual enough? But gift of tongue is not phenomena, but it is the gift of the spirit. And St. Paul said that not everyone receives the gift of uh, tongue. But it's just one example of that. So if you don't have Paul's understanding, then we would have been in confusion. And the spirit gives us uh, the understanding, correct understanding.
So here, when you look at phenomena, but behind phenomena, there is essence hidden, message hidden behind phenomena. One is wind. What does it tell you? What does spirit do? When, when, you, when we say the spirit is wind, what, does, uh, what do we mean by that? It, yeah. What it, message it, does it give to you? Go ahead, Simon. Yeah, it, that means it moves some, in us somehow without us realizing how without us noticing it even, it yeah. just happens. We don't control it. Yeah. The spirit moves according to the spirit's own will almost. Yeah. So the spirit has freedom. And we don't have to dictate our future, our destiny. We, we need to be in the flow of the spirit. And of course, uh, we have to uh, we have to be in tune with the spirit living day by day instead of me making all the decisions what is important is being in tune with the spirit and that is what we should do every day every morning being in tune with the spirit. And the spirit will guide us and we don't know, but that ignorance is not really negative thing. That ignorance is not a ignorance. It is almost like a mystery of God. We're leaving ourselves in the hands of the mystery of God. So it's a more positive thing. It frees us. It gives us freedom. We don't need to know everything, but we know that spirit is guiding me. But if you, you need to be in, uh, in tune with the spirit. So guiding is like, a, guiding is not like this, like a, like a zombie, just you uh, hear the voice and follow. It's not like that. Or some people just uh, their personal opinion, they say absolutize and they become like, a, oh, my uh, understanding is a spirit's understanding. My voice is spirit's uh, voice. It's like a monopolizing the spirit. Instead of spirit guiding you, you guide, trying to guide the spirit. That's dangerous, right? So you need to be in tune with the spirit and uh, with the humility you receive the guidance of the spirit. and. Knowing that and being able to do that is the greatest spiritual discipline. And then most difficult spiritual discipline. So we cannot always say, oh, this is the way. Oh, we cannot always say that. But we know the spirit guiding me, even when we don't know how. So we surrender our, ourselves in the hands of the spirit. That is uh, what it means to be born of the spirit. The wind blows, we hear the sound, we don't know where it comes from and where it's going to. So uh, if you are in tune with the spirit, 
even though you, even though you don't know exactly what spirit is doing, you are in God's good hands. That reminds me of how Peter, when he had that vision of all those things that he couldn't eat, and he said, no, no, but then suddenly he realized something like, so he was open, like our theme, open wide. Like, Isn't it amazing? I was just going to read that. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You know, that's how the spirit works. Let me read it for you. That's uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 to 16 of uh, Acts. About noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven open and something like a large sheet coming down being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and re reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard the voice saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, no Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. The voice said to him again a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. That's what Hejam uh, just said. And that's what I was going to read. You know, Peter, he had a clear idea of what is clean and what is not clean. Traditionally, he lived with that. But all of a sudden, spirit changed his mind. And this incident in the future, Paul is going through so much difficulty because he said, you are not supposed to uh, the, uh, impose the dietary rule to the Gentiles. And a lot of people were angry and then uh, tried to persecute Paul. And that's when Peter stood up and then defended Paul. And Peter was the, the, the uh, apostle at that time. And Peter's idea was different, but he accepted it. Spirit guided him. Let me read another passage, chapter 16, verse 6 to 10. Let me read it to you. It is uh, before it was uh, uh, Peter, this time is St. Paul. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, uh, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by uh, Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, uh, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. Paul wanted to go to Asia, but the spirit did not allow him. Spirit moved him to Europe. 
So that's why he went to Philippi and Philippi became the first church of Europe. And that's how the spirit moved. Paul had his own desire, his own plan, but the spirit changed. So when you're in tune with the spirit, you can hear the voice of the spirit, guidance of the spirit, and you just humbly submit to it. That's what wind does. Wind blows. You don't know where it's coming from and where it's going to. Always humbly receive the guidance of the spirit. In your life, there are small, still voices. The Spirit is speaking to you every day because you are people of the Spirit. You all receive the Spirit. And that Spirit is guiding you. Instead of ignoring the Spirit, instead of ignoring the voice of the Spirit, you need to be attentive to the voice of the spirit through your prayer every day. And then slowly you'll be able to, you will have the ability to be able to discern your voice and spirit's voice. That's the most difficult thing to do, but you'll be able to do that because the spirit will guide you. And that gives you the inner conviction. And then that makes you grow. The spirit always gives you the understanding. When you have understanding, you see deeper reality. Reality has dimensions. Reality has many levels. Whether you're going to just look at the superficial reality, superficial level of reality or the deeper dimension of reality is up to you. But spirit gives you deeper understanding of the reality. And that's what Peter saw. Until then, Peter didn't have that kind of understanding. But now he has that understanding. And then ask yourself, well, what level of reality do you see in your life? And same with the way you see other people too. But I think there's a danger in um, uh, in some ways, right? Where we all think that we are listening to the spirit and we think that what we're thinking is right because you know there are so many issues right um so many things that people disagree on i'm just yeah uh, you know 
with what's happening right now with the PCC, like more people <laughs> are convinced this is the right way. And some people don't think it's the right way, but they all think that it's God's will. So that's, that's, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, you know, we have to be prayerful. We got to discern what God's will is. Um, but I also see, yeah, people can be very stubborn in their, because we, because we think that it's God's will, right? A lot of Christians, um, and that's happened over our history. Um, crusades and things like that. Yes, you're right. And then issues are very difficult to deal with. And then we cannot just simply and uh, say that this is what God's will is. But uh, as I just read about Peter, Peter had a clear understanding of what is clean and what is not clean. But somehow the spirit had to change that uh, Jewish understanding of what is clean. And then that was a huge uh, step that they had to take. And uh, also circumcision, that was what is what was the most difficult uh, kind of uh, obstacle that the early Christians had to overcome. And then for Jewish people, that's unacceptable. That was unacceptable, totally. So it is uh, very difficult. But even in that, how can we uh, live together in harmony? That we uh, continuously seek the peace and harmony and the love with each other, rather than uh, making it making the issue as a divisive tool. That, that's not uh, what spirit does. That's not. Mm -hmm the way uh, we should work out. I think that's why I think we all need to be open, right? Um, open to and Yeah, guidance listening. of the spirit. Yeah. yeah, listening humbly. And yeah, very difficult topic though. Because even residential school, right? That started out with people thought that that's the way to go, right? Back then. Yeah. And then we come to realize that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Good point. Some issues we have to learn to agree to disagree. And then we have to ask ourselves, so what is more important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. <laughs> As a minister living in both cultures, first generation and second generation, I see it's not just one issue, so many issues that I have to deal with. But that's in marriages too, right? We have to learn to, <laughs> right? Um, mm. Yeah. But spirit will guide us. We are one in Christ. Yeah. 
I think that's the thing. We have to remember what the essence is, right? Because we all tend to just uh, focus on, um, yeah. Yeah, we focus on what I think is right. But I think uh, that's how the spirit led St. Paul to ultimately see that, yes, that unity is in Christ is most important mm -hmm. over and above differences, right? Uh, I don't think St. Paul ever, when he says there in, in, in Christ, there's no June or Greek female. I don't think he was ever um, uh, papering over differences. I think he was saying, yes, there's a lot of difference, but even so we are one. Yeah. And that's like a, it's a, it's a grand vision. Yeah. I mean, even the, greatest Christians and people in history fought with each other. Peter and Paul, they fought with each other and Paul accused Peter <laughs> of leaving quietly. So, and also Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas. Yeah. So it's not easy always to understand fully unless you're God. Even among our staff, we have differences of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, anything else? Yeah, either question or what you understood? Let's go back to that discipline of writing your uh, observation and questions uh, before Friday. So read about uh, five times, chapter three, and then uh, please share your thoughts. So today, we studied about the coming of the spirit and phenomena, the event, and then Peter's interpretation of the event we studied. And then we didn't study what was the result of the coming of the spirit. That is more important than the phenomena. What was the result? when the spirit came. That, I'm, before I st uh, we studied chapter three, I'm going to go over that a little bit tomorrow, uh, next week. And then we will go into chapter three. Mm. Um, sorry for my ignorance, but in the beginning of the chapter, they're saying that it was the day of Pentecost and they were all together, like all these people from all over, right? Why were they all there? Oh, Pentecost was a Jewish festival. It was not Christian festival. Oh, okay. Jewish harvest festival. So almost like some people say it is a Kechanjar. Uh, Kechanjar meaning, what is Kechanjar in English? <laughs> Opening the heaven. Beginning yeah, of <laughs> Beginning of nation. So it's, uh, it's almost like uh, on that day, the spirit came down at new beginning of the new Israel, kind of. I mean, there are some, uh, these things, uh, symbolism, I didn't explain all, all of that to you because I didn't want to confuse you. 
but it was a Jewish festival. And also it's a harvest festival, mm -hmm. uh, first har harvest festival. So uh, people came uh, to, that's so a 40, the, yeah. 40, yeah, fifth, fifth day of their Passover. Ah, uh, that's why it's yeah. Penta. Yeah, Penta. But, but it, it was a good timing then for the spirit to come. Good timing, yeah. Right it. timing, the spirit came down. Yeah, yeah. Very intentional imagery used by uh, Luke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What imagery? What do you mean? Very oh. intentional imagery. Of, here. of, of people using that holiday of Pentecost uh -huh. as the opening of the Spirit here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Thanks. Sometimes I uh, study all, but I don't disclose everything to you. Because that, that only confuses you. Too much information. <laughs> so bare basic uh, for uh, the help of your uh, spiritual growth, I share. Yeah. But this background was important, I thought. It would have been good. This yeah, might be. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But to some people, they don't. It's not. Uh, for, <laughs> for you. <laughs> for you. Very much, yeah, but yes. not for everyone. I'd like to know why these people are there, I guess. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah. Well, maybe you'd like my, my kind of Bible studies. I, sometimes I give too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tear it down, <laughs> learning how to discipline. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Good, good. Thank you very much. I read Acts many times, but I didn't, I always associated Pentecost with coming of the Holy Spirit, but That's there right. was another, I just learned that <laughs> with yeah. the yeah. meaning of Pentecost and yeah, so it's, That's you're right. always learning something. <laughs> yeah. That's a New Testament imagery, mm. but it's uh, already Old Testament uh, Jewish festival. Good.